Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just eight ninety seven for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, everybody, hope you're not sick of Jenny Frentis and I from the Sunday Night Podcast. We're back for the Weekside Podcast, but guess what? A lot has changed in 24 hours. we got plenty more to talk about. The regular season has come to an end. The playoff field is set, and a bunch of head coaches, a small handful of head coaches are now out of work, and we're looking at who might be able to replace them. A big one coming up here that we'll discuss in a little bit happening in New York, a team that Jenny and I know very well, a very interesting sort of semi hiring going on there, I think, for John Merritt, a really important time for the franchise. But uh, I think it's been a really interesting process this year. Last year, maybe we were all a little jaded or, a, you know, walked away a little bit um, confused about th- this push to hire the next young offensive guru and how that influenced the process and the speed and the timing. This year feels a little bit different in that maybe more experience is attractive for owners, at least in the names that we've been seeing coming out very early and who's getting permission requests. And also, you know, there are teams that might be done um, by the time that we finish taping this podcast. It looks like Washington is pretty far down the road with the candidates. So I don't know. It seems like this was a very different landscape than the one that we um, left just a year ago. We are a long way from the, if you know Sean McVay, you will get an interview jokes, right? (laughs) I mean, I think that tree is is pretty dry at this point. So it seems like there are different approaches into this hiring cycle. But we will see a lot of familiar names pop up 
Josh McDaniels perennially pops up. Will this be the year? You know, Matt Rule has been a common name. And last year he was deep into it with the Jets before things broke down. So there are some familiar ones, some different ones. But yes, I would say this is a more uh, a more varied pool in terms of origins of the coaches, where they're coming from at the least. You called it too. Uh, a, a, two weeks ago, our, uh, our editor, Bet Marson, asked me to write this piece about the five um, upcoming trends that we're going to watch in 2020. And like I do with everything, come to Jenny for help, panicking because I don't know what to write sometimes. And uh, Jenny said, you know what? I, everyone's going to be talking about analytics. It's going to be the buzzword that you have to have on your resume. I, I likened it to, um, I was reading this story, I think in the New York Times the other day about if you apply for a job on monster.com or indeed if you don't have certain words on your resume you're better off just copy and pasting the job description and turning that in you're more likely to get an interview uh, that way because the it's a machine it just looks for certain words to be spit back at it analytics is that word this year i've heard it six thousand times already the giants are being pressed on it uh for their successor to pat Shermer and whether or not they're going to get along with dave gettleman ron rivera we've heard the panthers in a search i mean it feels like it's crazy almost this is a word that was detested by a large majority of the nfl and is now the thing that you have to say you're good at before you're able to get a job and it's such an oblique word like what they're not talking about what that actually means when you're looking for analytics it's like the similar to an attacking offense or a multiple defense it's like this buzzword you throw out in hiring that looks good in a headline but you don't actually know what that means for how they're going to use it in practice. But yes, we're already hearing a lot of it. People with ties to, you know, coming from maybe the Browns extreme rebuild. They have experience in analytics, Moneyball, you know, all of these, uh, all of these different approaches that, you know, I don't know, Connor, it's definitely the buzzword. (laughs) It's so funny how it sort of mirrors real life a little bit. And I'm not talking about our own experiences directly, but we have friends that are um, in different businesses and all walks of life. And sometimes it's like more just who you can pretend to be in that moment, right? And like, you know, if you sort of glob on to the flavor of the moment, you end up getting a chance that maybe somebody else had deserved. And it's crazy to look at it from the outside. And this is not saying that any of the candidates that we mentioned earlier are undeserving. I think they've all forged a pretty impressive resume and path on their own. But so much of this is just appealing to a boss, basically, right? Like a person who's not in the building every day, who doesn't really pay attention to football all the time, uh, with a few exceptions to some of the legacy families. And it's just fascinating that this is still how the process goes after a hundred seasons of NFL football. It does feel very archaic and thus why we see so much churn because so many times teams just get it wrong and they realize very quickly that they have gotten it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to get to all this. We're going to break everything down. Really excited to talk uh, specifically about the Giants with Jenny. We both covered the team, have a little bit of perspective there. So we'll get right to it. Uh, All the coaching news, a little bit of stuff on the playoffs right after this. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, so we're back. Uh, This is the news topic that I think everybody's going to be talking about, at least for a little while. I think especially when Jenny and I covered the Giants, I was 2013 and 14. You were 2012, if I have that right? 2012, yes. And then also 2009, 2008 and 2009 as a backup. Yeah, so at the time... Uh, that was the marquee job in sports, right? I mean, 
working for the New York Giants, they were the pragmatic franchise. They had the most patient owners. They had the best family atmosphere. I mean, maybe that was our proximity to the organization, or at least that's what I was led to believe at the time. But I still think when a job opens here, it's a very big deal, right? I mean, it's uh, it's one of the most recognizable jobs in sports, I would say. Yeah, it still carries that, even though the last few years their turnover has been more like the Browns. But yes, it was, you know, a picture of stability. There's, you know, an owners who have been involved with the team for a long time and are very invested in the day-to-day operations and you're in the New York market and, you know, looked at as a, but, you know, I think that's, that's taken some hits and I think it's because they've made the wrong picks the last two times, but does that chip away at their ability to get one of the top candidates this year? And that will be an interesting test. Is it just, okay, the team, realize it made mistakes and they moved on quickly or is it taking on the look of a job that is less attractive you do think by retaining Dave Gettleman and not allowing the candidate to pick their general manager does affect its appeal to some candidates that's what I mean and I think rightfully so is the story today because if you watch John Mayer's press conference 99 percent of the questions were not about Pat Shermer and why they decided to move on from him it was why they decided to continue with Dave Gettleman especially now I mean we're hearing all these reports about uh, there he's going to narrow the coaching pool there are people who don't want to work with him and just anecdotally I mean he's been openly adver- averse to um, quote-unquote analytics I mean like you said I mean this is just a you know but I think I think he does have sort of a deep-seated place on the gut instinct scale I mean he's a guy that likes that Uh, when he drafted Daniel Jones he talked about seeing him at the senior bowl in a meaningless game and what that meant for their draft process and all that and I think draft economics is something that we don't talk about a lot with Dave Gettleman, but has never traded back to accumulate more picks. The Giants are a team that could benefit from that as high as they are this year with a lot of holes to fill on that roster. So I don't know. I think there is a legitimacy to a candidate maybe saying, I don't know. I mean, this is uh, this guy's gruff. He speaks his mind. Uh, He's got friends in the business. Is he just going to run me over um, and keep signing ridiculous old free agents with all the cap space we have now? Yeah, it's kind of a stayed approach to roster building and, you know, drafting a running back second overall. And like you said, not being willing to do some of this creative maneuvering that we see a lot of other teams do where somehow they've acquired all of these extra picks or they've managed to fit all these players under the salary cap. And you're wondering, how do they do that? The Giants have not been that the last few years. Uh, one interesting potential option would be, you know, we've heard this with the Panthers as well. Uh, Dave Gettleman is 68. He's older. Could a new candidate come in with, you know, a personnel person that they like, a younger personnel person who would then assume the general manager role? But again, it's like who has the control, who has the ultimate final say, and that becomes a little bit more complicated of a situation. But we've heard that possibility also being proposed with the Panthers under Marty Herney, some other personnel lieutenant coming in with the head coach. So I think that is something that could potentially, if there is that reluctance of a candidate to work with Gettleman, you could say it's this bridge to the next person of your choosing. I'm going to throw another corpo jargon term at you um, and see what you think about this. And I think you've made fun of me for saying this uh, in the past, but look at all Uh the teams that are 
doing well this year and are headed towards the Super Bowl, and it's been alignment, right, in, in some way, shape, or form between the coaching staff and the personnel department. And some of that is, you know, fiction. But, you know, you, when things are going well, you always say that everybody agreed on everything because the players are good and the scheme is good. But I think when the 49ers set out on this rebuild, it was very purposeful to make sure that the GM and the coach were in a place where they were filtering the players up to the personnel department and not the other way around. They weren't getting guys shoved down their throat. I think you could say the same thing about Baltimore, where a lot of people were drafted very specifically to work in that offense. New England, their head coach has all always been the GM and so he gets the players that he needs but I don't know I think it's sort of uh, you know an interesting thing where the Giants are almost coming out right away and saying unless you're friendly with Dave unless you know him there's probably going to be a difference in opinion here but a good leader works around that and so you just have to be better at your job. Yeah, and, you know, we've definitely seen situations. You don't have to start fresh with both at the same time, right? You know, Sean McVay came in and Les Snead was there. And, hey, you know, uh, Brian Flores came in and Chris Greer was there. Of course, he was promoted to that role. But there's a lot of cases where the GM and head coach don't arrive at the same time, and it does work. Uh, I think it's just this particular situation and the particular roster building strategies that Gettleman has or has not employed that might be a decision-making factor for top candidates. I would like to see him talk. I don't, I don't believe he's addressed anything since publicly since the Odell Beckham trade. So I think it would be very interesting to see him analyze some of his most expensive free agents and to maybe explain his thought process a little bit because interestingly even Pat Shermer the last time he gave a press conference after the Eagles game was talking about the attractiveness of this job once all the dead money comes off the books next year and rarely do you hear a coach talking about dead money and and salary cap space uh, you know as a hamper to what they're trying to do but this is a big year for them this reminds me a little bit of you know that second year that I was covering the team and it became very obvious that Jerry Reese was in trouble and they ended up spending more than $200 million, um, brought in guys like uh, Snacks Harrison and Dominique Rogers Cromarty were some of the bigger signings at the time. And the after effects of that are still being felt right now. I mean, the team is just getting over that spending spree. And so I don't know, I think it'd be very interesting at least to hear from him what he's thinking going into a monumental moment like this. Absolutely. They are definitely a team at a juncture. Speaking of, we'll move on to the next topic. The time this podcast is being recorded, the Cowboys have yet to move on from Jason Garrett, despite the change being all but inevitable. Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and Garrett have reportedly been in a lengthy meeting on Monday in which they could decide the right way to move forward. A report from NFL Network suggested that the Cowboys may just allow Garrett's contract to lapse without actually firing him, which would somehow improve the optics. If you are a new head coach coming to the situation, does Jones's obvious affection make you more interested in the gig, or does it make you scared that Garrett might, may not be out of sight and out of mind? I don't know, right? I mean, it, would it be weird? It's almost like, um, you know, uh, being with... 
I don't know, being with someone after they're in a very serious relationship. And it's like, okay, well, are, are you able to move on? For, are you ready to move on from this person? Are you able to move on from this person? Just the fact that, that, you know, people who have been connected with the Cowboys have floated the idea that they would wait until January 14th, the day that his contract is over, to say, okay, we've just decided not to re-sign him instead of that we fired him, seems outrageous to me. Like, on one hand, and on the other, if you're a coach and you're saying, okay, well, they really care about their people and that maybe this is the kind of place I want to be because this is how they treat their head coaches. I think it's totally outrageous to wait until the contract lapses <laughs> because then you're way behind in the hiring process. Um, you know, that would that would be my takeaway. I, I, I feel if they go that route, that would be pretty absurd. I do think for whoever comes in next, I don't think you have to worry necessarily that that Garrett would be like hanging around. Like I think once the contract's up, like that's it. But this the thought process that's gone into one holding on to Garrett for this long and two handling the split this way, at least if you're a candidate, you would need some explanation. What are they looking for? What about Garrett made them hang on to him for so long? And, you know, if you're an agent representing a coach who might be interested in the Cowboys job, you're going to be very annoyed if they're waiting until January 14th to officially move on. I have a hot take about this Cowboys job. And I think as good of a job as they've done building this roster, I feel like the attractiveness of the job has somewhat subsided. I think that um, you're not you're done with the prime years of Ezekiel Elliott, but you still have three more years left with him until you're able to get out of that contract. You're going to lose your best cornerback in free agency. You've probably upset your best wide receiver enough that maybe he doesn't want to come back. And even so, the wide receiver market is such that he's going to command a large, Amari Cooper is going to command a large portion of your salary. You're probably going to play that weird franchise tag dance with Dak Prescott now and you know hamstring yourself there salary cap wise. I think this roster was ripe this season and maybe you could argue a little bit towards the end of last season for that championship run but I, I don't know anymore I think you're signing up for the back end of something really great and then a big house cleaning that you're going to have to deal with I agree with you I think the Elliott contract is quickly going to become an albatross um, and I I agree that the Dak Prescott situation is not going to be an easy fix. I'm not entirely sold on Cooper anyway, but you gave up a first round pick to get him and he isn't even the most valuable piece of your offense. So I, I, I would tend to agree, Connor. I don't, I don't think it's that appealing of a job. I, um, I would have serious reservations. I think there are, there are other openings that have other issues, but have a more attractive, you know, starting point, at least um, in terms of, you know, okay, well, I'm going to build something here. Whereas with the Cowboys, you feel like you have to maximize what you have immediately, which might sound good, except when you realize that it's it's going to quickly decline. And then maybe you're in a situation like, say, the Rams, for instance, where all of a sudden you're like, you thought you were going to be really good. And now you may be staring at a pretty significant overhaul. Yeah. 
And I, I think, too, a, a couple of weird things just coming out recently about, well, just the way they've been going about this decision in general, that there was that floated report that, you know, that they would want Jason Witten involved and he has to be a part of the coaching staff, which would make me nervous. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, they like their ties to the franchise and to Jerry Jones, but I don't know. I think that this is not the slam dunk job that everyone is painting it out to be. And we're nailing the transitions today, Jenny, because speaking of another one-time legacy job that may not be considered as such now, uh, Daniel Snyder uh, let go of his longtime front office executive, Bruce Allen, on Monday, which means that it's paving the way, theoretically, at least right now, at 2.24 on Monday, on the day before New Year's Eve, uh, the hiring of Ron Rivera. But we've already seen reports that uh, it's negotiations have gone slower uh maybe rivera has interest elsewhere this is very early uh in the process so we're just going to continue to add that caveat in there but if this all checks out if he gets rid of bruce allen if he hires ron rivera this might be the most stable and sensible thing that daniel snyder has ever done as owner of washington which would be crazy i'm still suspicious though connor I will be suspicious of that job as long as Dan Snyder is the owner. Because I think every everything starts with ownership. Everything trickles down from there. And you have, you know, the owner weighing in on whether or not the quarterback returns to the game, right? The owner weighing in on drafting decisions. Um, the owner continuing to throw his support behind a racist nickname. I mean, yeah. all of these yeah. factors, I, I, I think, would give reason to pause. I was surprised. I was surprised to see Rivera be linked to them so strongly so quickly because, you know, it feels like there has to be other jobs you'd at least want to listen to. But maybe maybe he does think there is a good base here. And, I mean, I think Bruce Allen's firing was overdue, but I don't think that solves all of the issues that, that you know, the job would have because you still have the owner in place and the organization is always a reflection of how the owner chooses to run it. If, if Jacksonville remains status quo and it ends up being Cleveland, New York, Dallas and Washington and Carolina, what is, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you, but what is the job? Like if you're the head coach, like which job would you actually want? You know, here we're saying all of these jobs are terrible, Connor. (laughs) And I mean, I guess there's always that like, well, if someone gets fired from a job, there's some instability in the organization that makes it terrible. Gosh, is this one of the better jobs? I don't know. I mean, I would say, and I'll probably get roasted for saying this, but I would say the Giants are probably the best job, right? I mean, I would say that also because, you know, we're, we're kind of all in at this point on, on Danny Dimes, Connor, despite the, the fumbling issues continuing, but... True. But yes, if you're a coach candidate that likes Daniel Jones, that feels like you can have some kind of working relationship with Dave Gettleman, uh, I think that would be at the top of my list as well. Wow. Carolina's got a weather factor there, which is attractive to me. Because um, I, like, I like being in a sweatshirt like three quarters of the year and then... You know, I think that that allows me to do that, um, you know, and, and kind of allows me to dress the way that I'd want to dress. Sort of a modified John Dorsey uh, style. Um, but I was doing that long before uh, John was. Yeah. I, I can attest to that. I can attest to that. I mean, I think Carolina is near the bottom of the list just because of the 
uncertainty with how you're going to handle the quarterback situation. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I just, uh, you know, this is, it's not turning out to be the coaching search period already that I've, I thought it was. And we kind of referenced that at the top of the show. But I don't know. So, I, I think this dovetails nicely into what we got going for number four. Um, you want to read this one, Jenny? Sure. With so many balls in the air, coaching news could be old by the time we finish this podcast. So let's break down some of the candidates we've heard mentioned in the immediate aftermath of Black Monday, which is typically an indication of their popularity. Josh McDaniels, Eric Bieniemy, Robert Sala, and Matt Rule are all names that have come up or been strongly hinted toward quickly. Sala, McDaniels, and Bieniemy all have received permission requests. How hard are these names on your list? If you're the owner of a middling franchise, what are you looking for? The perennial question, Connor. <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking for in general. So that it's hard describes to describes <laughs> my life pretty well. <laughs> so how am I supposed to make this decision for my football team? I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, of those names, who jumps out at you? You know, okay, I'm going to start with this, Connor. I think that Matt Rule has been linked to the Giants pretty quickly. And I think this is a very good match. He's from New York City. He was very interested in the Jets job. He ended up going to my high school in State College, Pennsylvania. Oh. But he's from New York City. Okay. Um, was very interested in the Jets job. A chance to come back to the area where he's from. That broke down because of demands for his staff reportedly uh, from the organization by the general manager who was subsequently let go. But I feel like this is a good pairing. It, it, it fits all of, you know, the, you know, the giants like to have somebody that they're familiar with. And he spent one year as an assistant offensive line coach, which <laughs> may or may not be meaningless. Although I will say, even if a coach is low in the totem pole, sometimes you can see qualities that would translate, but he's done a good job with temple and Baylor rebuilding programs. Baylor went 11 and two this season. And his players were being quoted as saying he told them that if there is NFL interest, he's going to listen. So this is a clear sign because college coaches are always reluctant to say that because it can interfere with recruiting. Well, for a lot of them, their seasons are still ongoing. So Rule has taken that head on and addressed it with his team, which to me indicates that interest is strong there. Um, and the other one, which I, I thought the Packers should have considered Josh McDaniels last year. We all know how things broke down with the Colts a couple of years ago. I think the big question there, obviously, is, is this the time to leave? And maybe with the way things are trending in New England, um, maybe it's setting up that this is the year for his departure. Can I say that I, I really liked Matt Rule telling his players? like, and, and maybe, like you said, it was just an indication of how far along he was in the process. But, the, you know, we have seen the darkest of approaches in college football where these guys are accepting offers uh, during the bowl games that they're coaching and they're just lying about it to try to get their players to play and so they can get their bonus check on the way out the door for winning the game. I mean, there are some pretty low characters you know <laughs> that yeah. that are in this uh lot but the fact that he's at least addressing it with these guys he's got a veteran roster that everyone followed him there so he has some sort of a connection there i don't know that at least is a check mark in the positive column for me if i'm hiring somebody yeah, I think it shows respect to the players and they clearly have respect for him if they're saying, "Hey, like 
we understand it. Like he should listen. Like you'd be crazy not to. I think it indicates the kind of mutual respect that you would be searching for in a leader. Josh McDaniels was interesting in that, um, you know, and this is right before we started taping the podcast, but people calling it sort of a foregone conclusion that he would triumphantly return to his home state of Ohio and resurrect the Browns. And this was really interesting to me because this was a guy who was in Indianapolis he interviewed with the Colts, which is another franchise that, you know, despite what you would say about some of the stuff that has gone on there, relatively stable, has treated their coaches well. Uh, Chris Ballard was a really well-respected general manager candidate and has done good things with the roster. He looked at that situation and said, I don't know, is he really going to Cleveland and saying, no, this is what I want, not Indianapolis. <laughs> like, this is what's attractive to me. I don't know. I, I don't I don't think that's as big of a slam dunk as everyone else is thinking. Right. For someone who has been so slow and methodical with the decision-making and reluctant to leave, even for situations like, say, the 49er situation, which has ended up being a pretty good one, reluctant to leave in the past. So it... it with all of the flaws that we've just been discussing with all of these openings, Connor, it does make it does make you think like it, it would any of these really be appealing when he's turned things down in the past. But I guess a lot of that depends on what happens in New England and how things shake out there. The last two we mentioned are Eric Bieniemy and Robert Sala, who would both be first time head coaches. Yeah, I don't know. I think if I'm Carolina, I can hire a first time head coach. I think if I'm any other team, I probably can't, right? I, I don't know. I, I If I'm Cleveland, definitely not. You can't do that again, right? You would have to go in the McDaniels, McCarthy. You would have to go somewhere in that realm, I would guess, you know, I, because the, Freddie Kitchens' inability to handle that roster was so apparent from the moment they started last season. Absolutely. Cleveland, you can't do it. And I think you're right on the Giants as well, because they had the McAdoo disaster before Shermer and Shermer had had coaching experience, but now they've missed twice in four years. So they would be more inclined as they they've always been more inclined to go with someone with experience. And I think even more so now. So, yeah, Carolina. And but, you know, then it's like, do you if you meet with somebody and in an interview they say something that surprises you, that's what's so hard is like we don't know any of these head coaching presentations, right? We're evaluating candidates from afar, and I think it's really difficult. We say this every year, Connor, to really get insight onto leadership styles and you know how coaches would be in different situations and how they would handle things. And I think you know, Eric Bieniemy is working with Andy Reid, and I think you probably haven't seen his full coaching style bloom yet, right? So we don't have a great view from the outside of exactly what that would look like. And, you know, so I think those are all – that's what makes this hiring crunch so difficult because you're basically saying in like six hours you're hearing a presentation and perhaps meeting with somebody for the first time, and you have to assess if this is a good fit or not. Owners aren't asking for my advice, but this would be my advice if I was – to let's say work for a coaching consultancy or whatever um if i if it was not corn fairy if it was ore fairy this oh would be the that was good <laughs> this week's script has been a little light on puns but you just delivered there <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know what corn fairy is they're the most popular and well uh, or, you know well respected i guess the most used utilized coaching search firm 
in the country. I mean, if you about a quarter of the NFL has had their coaches, you know, whatever filtered out um, and and handpicked by Corn Ferry. So Corn Ferry would be mine. Um, if I had advice for these coaches, it would or these owners, it would be to allow yourself to get blown away, right? To to go in there with no knowledge whatsoever and to see if this guy can motivate you, you know, and because that's what this is all about. It's about galvanizing people and then hopefully your staff is good enough to put the the actual pieces together, but allow yourself to get blown away. I mean, that's what the Rooney family did with Mike Tomlin. He was not their first choice, their second choice, their fifth choice, but they were blown away and they made a slam dunk hire. And I think Mike Tomlin is still one of the five best coaches in the NFL I don't know. I just don't think that happens a lot today where you probably go in and you already have an idea of what you're looking for. So you just sit through the rest of it because that's what you do. Absolutely. I think there's such a tendency to to define coaches by the tree that they came from. I mean, of course, we saw this with Sean McVay last year, but we see this all the time. Whose tree are they part of and what does that mean? And just because you've coached with someone doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the same way. You know, I would argue that Brian Flores is part of the Belichick tree, but he's probably one of the farther departures from that. And he so far looks like an excellent hire. So I think going in with these preconceived notions based on what specific role they've played on a staff, who they've worked for, and a lot of times your race ends up assigning your responsibilities, unfortunately, in today's NFL. So I think that these, all of these other factors, rather than what your ability is to lead a team and to come up with a program, all these other biases play into the hiring process. It would just be really great to totally reimagine it. I mean, it's always, you know, people have always said if we could just move it till after the Super Bowl, and I, I see why that wouldn't work because teams are anxious to get started on next season. But I do think it's it's just so hard to do this when you've got to balance which teams coaches are still on teams that are in the playoffs and who have a bye and you don't have a bye and who are you going to wait for? And I mean, heck, if the Patriots, you know, if this is the end for Brady and Belichick and then, you know, how do you know that going in at this point in time, yeah. right? There's all this speculation about, oh my gosh, will Belichick be on another team this year, next year? But like, how would you know that at this point? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, the the thought just hit me. I, I like, I remember uh, us talking to a, a colleague of ours who was interviewing at a place for a job and um, the, the person that was hiring basically said, you know, okay, take out your laptop the owner of the team that you're covering has died. Write me something in half an hour, right? And that was sort of like the, an odd stress test to gauge the person's ability to do their job. What would you do if you had an organic opportunity to stress test a potential head coaching candidate? Well, you could, you could do anything. You could, you could take them to the mall and, and see what store they could they would go into. You could. I remember there was the person who said that he wouldn't draft offensive linemen that he took out to dinner who didn't know how to tap the 57 on the back of the ketchup aisle to get the ketchup out because it meant that the person wasn't a problem solver. Hopefully that guy's not still in the NFL. I don't know if he's coaching or not. But I don't know. What would you do to stress test your, uh, <laughs> your head coaching candidate? 
Wow, that is a really interesting question. You always hear the stories of the teams that drafted players because they were like very kind to the driver that took them to the airport and that was mm-hmm. like their secret test. I remember hearing things too about you know, they would uh remember when the Jets hired Rex Ryan, they asked they had everyone at the Jets organization like ask their um their parallel at the Ravens organization to to give them a report. And one of them said something along the lines of like, he's terrible. Just kidding. Like, I don't want you to steal him from us or something. So they had those little like subtle other ways of gathering intel. But a stress test is really interesting. You'd want to see how they like you'd want to like craft some kind. So they wouldn't know that they were being tested. Right. Mm -hmm. You want to like craft some kind of urgent situation that might come up in the course of a season and see how they responded. Yeah. I remember I, I, this could be patently false, but I remember reading somewhere that uh, if back in the day, I think if you wanted to get a job at, at NPR, you had to go into a bar that you didn't know was filled with coworkers, future coworkers, and you were just being chatted up by strangers, people that you thought were strangers, but really they're all evaluating your ability to think on your feet and to be you know, in this situation where you're responding to people, you know, uh, all that kind of thing. I I think what I would do, although the person would probably know they're being stress tested, is you would have, I want to see them run like an 11th grade gym class for an hour, you know? And, it, you know, it's the most disinterested, unmotivatable group of kids. You're in 11th grade. You're a smart aleck. You don't want to do anything. You want to try to act cool in front of the girl or the guy you're trying to impress. And so let's see this person come in and get us all to run laps or do push-ups or something like that. I, I think that would be a good stress test. Okay, that's a pretty good one. Because, you know, I think kids are a good, good, they can sniff out bullshit. So that's True. probably a good, good, uh, good test. Wow, Connor, this is a, this is a tough question. Carson Wentz, remember the Eagles, I think I remember Howie Roseman saying that they had contacted the maitre d at the steakhouse that they took carson to during their pre-draft meeting to see how um for his evaluation of carson and apparently he was very kind to the maitre d so here we are i I do think it's interesting to like hear interactions of people when they have no idea like this is a tangent but when i was doing that story on megan rapino like i ended up randomly being connected to this person i found her on twitter she had posted a photo of she'd met megan in an airport and they'd had this conversation about race and megan asked her about how she could be a better ally as a white person and i thought it was really interesting because this person just like totally it was like a random encounter in an airport she never had any idea that i would hear about it or that i would include it in the story but it really i thought revealed something about her and like who she was in these moments when like I don't know you don't think you're you know you're not being watched in an airport no one you know is around you cameras aren't around so I do think those kinds of ways to get that but at this point I think all prospects know that like you've got to like they're going to ask the driver the driver is definitely a plant and they're probably going to ask someone at dinner so you've got to get a little bit more creative at this point in time I know we got to evolve uh, beyond that I don't know if you I would say you if I was a plant uh, from Sports Illustrated the first time that we had worked together at the Star-Ledger, I would have graded you very high, 10 out of 10. Wow. Likewise, Connor. Thank you. I appreciate well, and that. We're still, I, and we're still you know, here, you know? 
<laughs> exactly. It's it's a long-term partnership that has worked out. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all going according to plan. Um, so this is a really interesting fifth topic, I think, that actually was spurned by a little nugget that was dug up by our own producer, Shelby Royston, which I think was super, super interesting. And we're going to take a break a little bit from the head coaching um, news, whatever you want to call it, to, to just let you snack on this. So... Uh, the NFL's five top passers in terms of yards, passing yards, Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Phillip Rivers, and Matt Ryan, none of them are playing in the postseason this year. I think some people have used this as a uh, soapbox from which to say that the passing doesn't matter as much or that, you know, it's been overrated or blah, 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 or, you know, a bunch of other things about it. To what do you make of this nugget other than it's very interesting? You wrote in the topic, or is there a different way of looking at it? That makes <laughs> that leads me to believe that Connor or you have a different way of looking at it. I stole a little bit of this from some of the football outsiders, people that I follow on Twitter, and but I tend to agree with a lot of what they think, which is that we need to stop grading people. And I'm not saying we go pro football focus grades because that is fallible too. They have their everyone has an error in the grading system, but I think we need to grade quarterbacks more on efficiency and situational efficiency instead of lump statistics, right? And but it's just impossible. I mean, we're never going to be able to shake that loose. Baseball fans still talk about RBIs now and they don't realize that batting order position and all that kind of stuff factors into it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I just think to me, it's not a signal that the offensive revolution is over. It's just a sign that we need to do a better job of thinking about the standards by which we're grading people. Yeah, I agree with that, Connor. It's sort of like the statistic about rushing yards in a game, right? And teams that are icing a victory will then have more rushing yards. And so a lot of these teams were in situations where they were needing to overcome big deficits. And so it does sort of make sense that if you're d- desperation passing at the end of the game, that you would not be a team that is in contention for the postseason. Um, but I, and it also, as we talked about on the Monday morning podcast, the, I feel like the, the numbers that quarterbacks are routinely putting up, regardless of, of how good they may be, you know, Jameis Winston being the prime example does prove the offensive revolution. So I don't think it has stalled. I wouldn't look at it that way. I think there's a lot of, I think your point is exactly right. Connor is that statistics mean the most when they're contextualized. And I think the, the mass numbers um, are often used the wrong way. Here's another example, right? You know, like Derrick Henry wins the rushing title and obviously he had a great year, but I was thinking about this with like all pro voting and looking at stats and it's so archaic that like we have a rushing title now when running backs are, you know, a significant portion of their production may be in the passing game. Right. And so it's like, instead of saying like all purpose yards from the running back, which, you know, some people do say, but like we still talk about our rushing title without talking about the fact that like Christian McCaffrey has X hundred number of yards receiving. Yeah, no, I, I could not agree more with that i mean it's just it's evolving the conversation and you know i and i'm i'm not saying that here i am on the forefront of this and i'm wishing that all all the forefront for 
It's a pretty good one. So good. Yeah. 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 I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying I've been saying this for years and I'm calling on everybody else to get behind me. I'm saying that, you know, I, I, it took time for me to get convinced of all this, to read up on it and to learn. And hopefully the rest of the football world sort of picks up on it and gets rolling because you know, it's interesting. There are NFL teams out there that are grading players and looking at some of these statistics and weighing them in ways that we can't fathom right now, especially efficiency stats. They're weighing them so much further than anything that we're looking at and some of these little box scores and actually judging for ourselves on. So it'll be interesting for our collective interpretation to align closer to the people who are signing the free agents and drafting the players because I think then you have a smarter conversation and we have smarter fans, even though you and I have the best fans ever that you know the people who listen to this podcast are the smartest and the best absolutely speaking of the a word analytics i was went to this big data bowl that they have at the combine which is like different analytics projects and it's exactly what you're talking about you know these next level things of like which plays are you calling based on the success rate of that route and so it's like there are levels to statistics that you don't even consider or like you know rushing rate uh, as the game goes on, factoring in fatigue, you know? So I think uh, just the the basic stats that are available at NFL.com that shape so much of the narrative of, of who players are just really is like the tip of the iceberg. Can I make like a weird tangent point to sort of tie uh, back in a bow to what we started talking about? Weren't the Giants like one of the first teams and I'm, I'm thinking about back when we were covering the, the second Giants-Patriots Super Bowl w- w- that embraced analytics, like at least that analytical thought. It was their tie to pro football focus. I remember it was like a big story yeah. that week in the Super Bowl. It was like, oh, who are these guys and what are the Giants using them for? And I think that Tom Coughlin, for as much of a curmudgeon as he made himself seem, oh, I don't know how to use a cell phone, blah, blah, blah. He was very, very far ahead in digesting this information too. So I don't think that, um, it just sort of hit me. I don't think that, you know, maybe Dave Gettleman is not right there with the rest of the franchise, or maybe he just likes to see us freak out about it and talk about it. But I don't think that this organization is as far in the dark as maybe we're making them seem to be. No, absolutely. And it's always hard to know exactly how much teams are using analytics and how, how important they are. Right. And in what way they're using them. Like, you know, we, we think of it as this newfangled thing, but a lot of the basic ideas are reflecting principles that teams have been using for a long time. So that being said, should we move on to the Oracle, Connor? <sighs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, I, I need some I need some help on this. Like I need <laughs> I, I need my own analytics department. And then how smart would I look, you know, if uh, if something like that happens? Hey, you know, you should probably you know, end up doing this. You should probably end up doing something like this. Um, well, on the Monday morning podcast, you had run your own analytics that you said you were one of 17 for the <laughs> Oracle this year. Now, I don't actually know that that's true. I think maybe you're not giving yourself enough credit. I think that there are some bits and pieces of some predictions that I've done decently well on, um, you know, finishing out the year, picking the Dolphins to beat the Patriots felt good, but I didn't make it on the podcast. I just did it in our weekly staff picks. You're still so- an Oracle. I, you know, I'd like to think so, but, uh, you know, it's about convincing the rest of the world, which is, you know, coaches have to convince owners that they're the right people for the job. And it's my job to convince our very loyal 
following of uh, of podcast listeners that I'm actually here to predict the future and I'm actually here to tell you uh, some things you didn't know. Um, so my um, oracle is that, you know, I don't know how much of a shock this is going to come to people, but I think that there is a name that is going to emerge in the head coaching realm that we did not even fathom um, that's going to make a very serious run at a coaching job in the next two to two to three weeks. Like a name that is not on anybody's list, which would frustrate me because I put 25 names on my list specifically out of aggravation that every year one or two people get hired that aren't on the list and it makes me mad and I don't want to, you know, I want everybody to be on the list. I think that there's going to be some name that is going to come out of the middle of nowhere and knock us flat on our, on our backsides. Wow. I really hope that happens. I do too. Um, And I'll set the bar for like, I'm talking about Jim Harbaugh would be the least surprising of that group. Like it would be from Jim Harbaugh and beyond level surprising to come out of the middle of nowhere. Okay. Now you're not going to say who the name is. You're just going to say that it's surprising. I think that I would hope that you know me well enough that I will come on and I will admit whether or not that person was in my realm of bizarreness. But I think that, okay, so everyone can go, you can read my coaching list. Uh, There was like five of them. NFL Network just did their coaching list. ESPN did their coaching list. Read all of them. And I think there's going to be a name that is not on there on anybody's list that is going to all of a sudden steamroll into the into this moment where we're like holy crap this person is not only taking us all by surprise but is a lock to get this job all right connor i like it i'm, I'm about, rooting for this to happen is your ventus consensus that it's definitely going to happen or <laughs> that would be good i would be backing you up you know i feel like the oracle is you know in need of some support here connor and i i would be supporting you well my my ventus consensus i think is just something that's been obvious and we've touched upon many times on the podcast this year, but this challengeable pass interference really sucks. And I think Mm -hmm. we saw a clear example of that at the end of the Seahawks 49ers game. Russell Wilson threw a pass to Jacob Hollister and Fred Warner, the 49ers linebacker, was mugging him to the degree at at least of which you think they would have called for some kind of booth review with 15 seconds left in the game and they're inside the two minutes and no review was called for. They didn't even take a second look at it. And it just emphasized that this whole thing has been a debacle, that this rule change was was pushed through. The NFL was never on board with it. Uh, Peyton was upset after the NFC Championship game last year, rightly so, pushed through a rule change that the NFL didn't fully support. And the turnover standard to get a call overturned is astronomical and it will not exist in the same form in 2020. It was a one-year trial. I I don't know exactly what they'll do. I don't know what the options are, but I think this experiment has been a failure. How about this is real time. 
coming in right now as we're doing this that so last night I uh, we had talked about it on the Sunday night podcast and I wrote like a little quick column off the 49ers Seahawks game basically saying that we were robbed of everyone's talking about how great of a game this was but we were robbed of something so much better if they would have just gone through the review process and looked at that Jacob Hollister um, pass interference and you know, for Al Riveron to come out and say, well, it's so obvious that he initiated the contact. I don't think it was that obvious. I watched that play 25 times in slow motion yesterday, and I did not think it was completely obvious that Jacob Hollister initiated contact. But this goes to say that the tweet that the MMQB sent out about my column was horribly ratioed by uh, angry 49ers fans. And then somebody literally, just as you were saying that, uh, and we were talking about my lack of success on the Oracle, said this is the same knucklehead who picked the Packers to beat the 49ers by 40 points on uh, on Sunday Night Football. Do you remember this a few weeks oh ago? Oh, my gosh. Wow. This guy's really holding you to account, Connor. And he's saying clearly this person just hates the 49ers, and that's why, uh, that's oh why he's doing God. this. Oh, my God. Okay. A prediction is very different <laughs> from an analysis of what happened. And I think we could all agree whether or not it would have been changed. It deserved a second look. I don't hate the 49ers. I hate reviewable pass interference. That is the Brent's consensus. You've really <laughs> just nailed it down. Connor Orr does not hate the 49ers. He hates reviewable pass interference. And that is something that we can all get behind, Connor. We can get behind that, and we can get behind uh, the show's real MVP today. Uh, we're taping this during my... 20-month-old daughter's nap time, and she nailed it. Made it through the entire podcast, still safe and sleeping. Uh, you know, Didn't have to wake up at all to uh, give her opinion on Ron Rivera, but I'm very interested to hear what she has to say uh, when that time does come. So a lot, of, a lot of big moments today in the podcast. Very excited. That is excellent news, Connor, and we wish all of our listeners a happy new year, and we will see you in 2020. The MMQB Weekside Podcast is me, Jenny Rentis, and Connor Orr. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody. Ben Eagle is director of editorial projects and product. Mark Moravik is emeritus executive director of the MMQB. Keep up with our entire lineup of podcasts five days a week by subscribing to the MMQB NFL Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please do us a favor and leave us a rating and review. It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Radio.com, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo. Play. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.